0: Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. We're studying the subject of the authority of the believer. Thank God Jesus delegated unto us the authority that we need to walk in victory on the earth. Amen? Amen. There's a way to understand it. There's a way to walk in it so that it will correctly work in our lives. Jesus walked in great authority. I think many times we view the Gospels as a declaration of what it might be like if God walked on the earth. Where in reality, the Gospels is a declaration of what it was like for a man in correct relationship to his God to walk upon the earth. Amen. Jesus had authority over devils, over sickness, over disease, over poverty, over lack. I mean, he, he had authority over death. I mean, he raised the dead. He healed the sick. He opened blind eyes. He cleansed lepers. He fed thousands of people with just a little bit of provision. Everything about his three and a half year ministry was Supernatural. But now not everything about his life was supernatural. Didn't get any amens on that one, did I? He say, now what do you mean by that? Well, we didn't even hear anything about Jesus till his 30th birthday. He say, well, you think he could have done signs, wonders, and miracles? Well, according to what I see in the scripture, I don't believe he could. I believe there was a certain process that he went through that caused him to enter into an anointing. That caused the Spirit of God. He himself said it in Luke chapter 4. He said, the Spirit of God is upon me. So obviously he was operating not as God upon the earth, but as a man upon the earth with the Spirit of God upon him. That's good news today because the same Spirit's on you. I said the same Spirit's on you. If you're saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, that same Spirit's on you. But now, you know, there's protocol. Even in the natural, you know, I guess the law... That, that, that would probably be the one that all of us break the most often would be a traffic law. Hopefully that, that's it. Amen. Hopefully you're not out breaking other laws. But how many ever broken a traffic law? You that didn't raise your hand, we'll cast the lying devil out of you. We'll demonstrate that authority at the end of the meeting. Amen. No, we've all broken traffic laws. Amen. Now, when you break a traffic law, uh, here comes uh, the police officer. And now he has a, I've noticed, have you seen some of the new police cars around the island they've got? They're pretty nice. I'm glad they got a few new ones. Amen. And so they come, they got an official car. It's got an official logo on the side. It's got lights on it. It out steps either a man or a woman. And uh, they have the uniform of our city on. Uh, They have the badge of our city on. Are you with me? Uh, They're have, they wearing, usually have a a belt, and and on that belt are different uh, things that enforce the authority. That's the power belt, amen. And, you know, if you don't respond uh, to who they are, uh, you will respond to what they have. You should have just got a revelation right there. You say, what do you mean? If the devil doesn't respond to who you are, he will respond to what you have, amen. And so when he pulls you over, you respond. And now if you run, he's going to chase you. And if he can't catch you, they'll find somebody that can. Amen. And if you can outgun him, well, he'll find somebody with a bigger gun than yours, eventually. Even if it takes the Marine Corps, he'll find somebody down that that line of structure of our government. There'll be somebody that can subdue you and bring you into the subjection of the law. Now, if there were people out here uh, that were just irritated, you know, because people broke the speed laws... Broke the stop sign law. And so they just took it upon themselves to enforce the law. Amen. So they went down to Home Depot and got them a light and put it on their car. <laughs> painted some kind of something on their car. made them make little, And they go down and get some khaki pants and a, and a shirt and, a, and go get them a badge from, you know, some, somebody sells them a badge, a, a toy store or somewhere and get a plastic badge. And so you're on your way home and, you know, you go 40 in a 35 and they pull you over. And they just get out a, you know, a, a napkin and write you out a, a ticket and hand it to you and say, now, yeah, I want you to send me $200 next week. for, What would you do? You'd laugh. You'd laugh. Why? They hadn't gone through the system. They hadn't gone to the police academy. Are you with me? They hadn't been approved by the government. They have not uh, been, uh, uh, how can I say this, commissioned as an officer to enforce the law. Now there's a lot of Christians that try to do that. Uh, you know, they say, well, I I'll just I don't need a church, I don't need a preacher, I don't need structure, I don't need teaching. I, and if the devil messes with me, I'll just say in the name of Jesus. Well, it doesn't work that way, church. You have to understand there are some principles in the Word of God. We just finished teaching last week. We had Brother David. George, did you enjoy Brother David? When he neat? Yeah. and but the week before that, we taught on the devil. We taught on our enemy. You need to know who your enemy is, your adversary is. But the week before that, when we started teaching on. The authority of the believer. We mentioned character. Having the character necessary. That's why you don't see any 15-year-old police officers. Amen. Uh, That's why you don't see, you know, we say, well, we need to go down to the elementary school and get us five 10-year-olds and and give them a 357 magnum and and, and let them enforce the law. You wouldn't do that. Amen. That's why you've got to grow up into the things of God. Now, there's something in the Word. I saw this years ago. I was struggling with some areas in my life. And I needed some authority. I needed some power to operate and work for me. And I never really heard any teaching on this. Most of the teaching that I heard on submission was dynasty building oriented. Can I say that again? Do do you understand what I'm... Most of the teaching I ever heard on submission was dynasty building oriented inspired or oriented which means it was geared to connect you to a group of people called quote the church in which we were building the ministry of an individual amen now there's nothing wrong with that if people want to do that and if people want to be a part of that that's fine with with them with me it just wasn't that, that it just wasn't working for me because God had things for me to do outside the vision of the church There was a ministry that I was supposed to be involved in as a field ministry that wasn't connected directly to the, quote, vision of the church. But there still had to be an element of submission in me to the pastor that I was under, to the church that I was going to, in order for authority to work in my life in ministry. So there were some, some not, not years, but I would say some months of conflict to where I was really struggling with, okay, Lord, how involved do I get with Quote, this ministry, how involved do I get with that ministry when it comes to the subject of submission? How far do I go? Because you're obviously telling me to do some things that I'm going to have to do on my own without them. So the Lord, help me. Everybody say, help me. help me. God knows how to give you what you need. Now, let me just say right up front, we're, right, we're not real dynasty-oriented around here. We want each and every one of you fulfilling the vision that God has called for you. Because if you fulfill your vision, this vision gets built and completed. Are you with me? I don't want to leave a legacy in my name. I want to leave a legacy in his name. Amen. So therefore, I had to understand some things by the word of God. And God took me over to to, to Matthew chapter 3 and showed me something very unique to the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ that helped me in my own life in ministry. When it came to that development of my character, when it came to me submitting to authority so that I might operate in authority, and it helped create a balance in me that I've been able to walk in for over 30 years. That's helped me understand that all of this stuff that has to do with authority and power and the release of the anointing of God, the gifts of the Spirit, have to do with our positioning in the body of Christ so that we can be a blessing to others. Listen, the bottom line, God wants you blessed. God wants you blessed financially, physically, mentally, spiritually. And the reason He wants you blessed is so you can be a blessing to other people. Amen? That's really the bottom line of everything we do. Now, verse uh, verse 1 of Matthew chapter 3. Let's look here a minute. Verse 1 of Matthew chapter 3. says, in those days came John the Baptist. Everybody say John the Baptist. Now he's preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. The same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leather girdle about his loins. His meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him, Jerusalem and Judea, all the region round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Let's notice three things. Number one, verse 3 says, For this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. This is a foretelling. Now, first of all, we can determine by this scripture in Matthew chapter 3, that what God was doing, now let me say it again, be very clear, what God was doing at this particular juncture in time, He was doing not through the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, He was doing through the ministry of John the Baptist. Would you agree with that? It says it very clearly. Then, secondly, we can see that we know it was a move of God. Number one, it was foretold, prophesied by the prophet Isaiah. Now, notice also it says in verse 5 then went out to him, went out to him, Jerusalem and Judea and all the region round about Jordan. So there was a coming out. Everybody say a coming out. Now that area, Jerusalem, Judea, and all that region round about Jordan was and still is the most religious place on the planet. It's the fountainhead of Christianity, the fountainhead of the Muslim world, and the fountainhead of the Jewish religion. Amen? So we see they were coming out. Everybody say coming out. They were coming out of religion. They were coming out of tradition. Just like many of us have come out of religion. We've come out of tradition. We've come out from our ethnic backgrounds. We've come out from, many of you have come from your geographical location. Many come to Island Church they don't even live in Galveston. We had a new couple that was here this morning that's been here the last two weeks that are driving in from Alvin, Texas. Isn't that wild? I mean, they came and they said, we love this. This is just what we've been looking for. I mean, we'll drive to Galveston every Sunday just to be in this. See, you're coming out. Everybody say, coming out. Coming out. So we know that God's doing something here at Island Church because people are coming out of religion, tradition, come out of all different kinds of things and coming to where God is doing something. And you say, was it foretold? It was foretold. Prophetically and in the Word of God. Amen. But now notice something unique. If we could describe... Now, if we could describe the meetings here at Island Church, for the most part, we teach and preach the Word of God. The mandate on me is not to have camp meet in every service, not to have fall harvest conference every service, but to feed the flock of God. We do love the move of the Holy Ghost. We so appreciate when the Spirit of God moves. We yearn for that, we desire for that, and we pray for that. But for the most part, You come and I teach or preach. You come as a sheep. I come as an under shepherd to the Lord Jesus Christ. We all enjoy our pastor. Anybody know who your pastor is? Say his name. Jesus. Jesus. We all enjoy his presence here and his word to us. And by the word that's taught, we grow thereby. Amen. Amen. Now, notice here the type of meeting that is going on. Verse 6. They were baptized of him. In Jordan, confessing their sins. So these are what? Not healing meetings. Not Holy Ghost meetings. Not pastoral meetings, feeding the flock of God. These are sin confession meetings. You want to have one of those this morning? I don't. Because it usually starts with a head, amen? And I don't want to have to tell you what Leah's been doing. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Amen, because I'm good all the time, you know. So sin confession meeting. I bet those were interesting. That's probably how the National Enquirer got started, was down there at those meetings. (laughs) Amen. You heard the story. I know I tell it all the time about the three preachers out fishing together, and, and they thought, well, we ought to confess our sins one to another so that we may be healed. That's what it says over the book of James. So one started confessing that uh, he was always, you know, reaching into the offering, getting a little money, sticking in his pocket. And the other one uh, started talking about some uh, little uh, secretary he shouldn't have hired because his eyes would always drift over to him. Another one jumped out of the boat and started swimming as fast as he could toward the shore. And the other two hollered at him, where are you going? Where are you going? He said, my sin is gossip, and I can't get, wait to get back and tell everybody what you guys are doing. <laughs> So the bottom line is, be very careful who you confess your sins to. It could be the National Enquirer, amen? So, move of God. John the Baptist, prophesied, spoken, coming out, confessing sins. Which is very unusual in the light of verse 13. Now look at verse 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. So that creates this question why? Wouldn't you say so? Wouldn't you agree he's a spotless Lamb of God? Wouldn't you agree that, 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 that uh, uh, there's no sin for him to confess? So, what's he showing up at the meeting for? To be baptized of him, to be baptized of him, to be baptized, to be immersed. If there's no sin in his life. Well, let's look and see. But John forbade him saying, I have need to be baptized of thee and comest thou to me. Now notice, real quick. John made a mistake right here. That's why, look, look. I'm not trying to get you to follow me. Now I do my best to be an example. You know, Paul said, uh, to follow me as I follow Christ. Well, I do my best to be an example of somebody you can follow. But the one I'm trying to get you to follow is Jesus. My job is not to see how close I can get you to me. It's how close you can get to Jesus. How close I can get you to him. Amen? So right here, if you notice be very careful when it comes to the subject of submission when you come to island church you're not really submitting to me as a person you're submitting to a gift of a pastor on the inside of me but your true submission is to the lord jesus christ the bible says submit yourself therefore unto god resist the devil and he will flee from you you've got to be very careful in your submission unto men You say, why? Because if a man makes a mistake, you follow him right into it. If you're too submitted to any ministry, listen, I've been submitted to some great ministries. And it's those ministries that taught me, don't be so submitted unto us that if we make a mistake, it causes you to go into a ditch. Amen. Amen? You say, what do you mean by that? Nobody's perfect. We make mistakes, but we try to fix our mistakes when we make them or we allow God to correct them, amen? But here's the thing. I've seen ministries over the years that got off into something and would not let go of it and went right into the ditch with it. I've seen them go into the ditch with prosperity. I've seen them go into the ditch with th- spiritual authority and submission. I see, I, I, I've seen twice in 30 years of ministry where people went into the ditch with uh, authority to uh, submission to spiritual authority and it ended up in a shepherding type movement. Where here you were couldn't even hardly make a decision on what color shoes to buy without asking your pastor. You may laugh but that went on and there's some elements to it still alive today. People say, well, I, I'm going to try to figure out where to go on vacation. Let's go ask the pastor. I'm not going to tell you where to go on vacation. I'm just going to ask you to bring me with you. Amen? <laughs> but they got to such a point in the mid mid late 70s and early 80s that there were churches that you came and gave your entire paycheck to and they paid your bills because they didn't think you could control your own finances. Well, you know what happened to that, don't you? They end up squandering the money. You didn't get your bills paid. Amen. You couldn't go out and buy a new vehicle without asking. That have a that have a structure of the pastor and then the men under him, and then you had to go up through the th- up through the uh, you know the structure before you could get it. No, God speaks to you. You're His sheep. You're not my sheep. He's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. He's the good. Listen, he's the one that will speak to you. He says, your, your voice, you'll hear his voice and another you will not follow. Amen. I'm not trying to develop your human spirit to hear my voice. I'm trying to develop your human spirit to hear his voice. Amen. Amen. Well, that's out there. That's Some of that stuff's out there, so just be forewarned. But now here comes Jesus. But John forbade him, saying, I need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Now notice this. Here's John. Now you can imagine, he must have gotten nervous. Not when Jesus came to the meeting. No, that's cool. There's Jesus. Because you know, he was behold the. Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. I'm not worthy to, to tie his shoe latchets. Uh, I baptize with water. One coming after me who baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And so he, he preaches the message. Of, and man, he was a tough preacher. He called people snakes. He called people all kinds of stuff. And now he'd give an altar call. And here they li- start lining up to get baptized. Now, when Jesus came and got in the lion, He got nervous because he's baptizing this one and they're coming up confessing sins he's baptizing this one they're coming up confessing sin he's baptizing and he's thinking now if, if I get to Jesus and he comes up confessing sin I'm in trouble because I've been telling everybody he's sinless and if he comes up confessing sin I just fried my ministry therefore when Jesus stepped up there saying next John goes no I'm not baptizing you. I want to be baptized of you. Now, John made a mistake there. But Jesus makes the statement. No, John, it's not about confessing sin. I'm just kind of paraphrasing. It's about us. You as the prophet, me as the son of God. You as the prophet, me as the son of God. It's about us fulfilling all righteousness. Now, what God does with us is he takes and he draws us out of religion, out of tradition. Let me just say, and let me just say it because I, I want you to know. If God wasn't moving at Island Church, I would be the first one out the door. Amen. You say, why? Because I cannot live in a dead church. I cannot live in a place where God is moving. I've been a revivalist all my life. I've preached revivals. I've been in a move of God. I enjoy signs and wonders and the gifts of the Holy Ghost and the power of God in manifestation. And if we make some mistake or something happens here and it dries up, I will be the first one out the door. I need the presence of God and I need to be submitted to what God is doing. Not just to who God is using, but to what God is doing. If Jesus would have only been submitted to who God was using, he would have made a mistake. But he was submitted to something greater than that. Our submission must be to something greater than the pastor's ministry, greater than the vision of the church, greater than whatever it is that God's doing in our ge- geographical area, area. We must be submitted to God himself, to his activity in the earth today. So Jesus said, no, John, no, John, thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. You fulfill righteousness by baptizing me. I fulfill righteousness by being baptized. Now let me say this. This is an important point of this scripture. Once you're born again, once you're filled with the Holy Ghost, once you find yourself a place where you believe God is telling you to be a part of, where you sense God is moving in the people and in your life, once that happens, it should not be an issue of sin in your life. You should not be coming to service after service after service thinking, Oh, if I can just get this drugs out of my, if I can just get this alcohol out of my, if I can. No, no, no. You need to be delivered of that. Are you with me? Delivered of the mindsets of sin. Delivered of the habits and the activity of sin. And for the first time in your existence, now fulfilling righteousness becomes what God's calling you to do. Every one of you have what? What David calls a path of righteousness for his name's sake. A way to go. A walk. You have to walk that walk. You have to talk that talk. You have to be what God says you're going to be. Do what God says you're going to do. And it begins by submitting not to who God is using, but submitting to what God is doing. What is God doing in 2014? God is building powerful, strong, local churches that believe in the power of God, the anointing of God, that the lost should be saved, that the sick can be healed, that the believer ought to be baptized in power of the Holy Ghost, and that we ought to all do our part to send the gospel all over the world. Are you with me? Well, you can connect to something like that. Jesus found that in the ministry of John the Baptist and submitted himself to it and was baptized. Had nothing to do with sin. Had everything to do with fulfilling righteousness. Now, are you with me? Now, let's notice something. There are benefits. Everybody say benefits. What are we studying? The authority of the believer. He is positioning himself to operate in great authority. We don't want you out there with a Walmart badge on and a cat pistol. We want you out there anointed by the power of the Holy Ghost using the name of Jesus. Amen. Now notice what happens here. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water and lo, the heavens were opened. Amen. Let me try that again. Now he hadn't prayed he hadn't meditated on the word he just went and submitted himself to what God was doing came up out of the water and the heavens opened listen you want to live under an open heaven I said you want to live under an open heaven so many people do not live under an open heaven they try to pray nothing happens they try to study the word and they get bored they try to meditate and they get confused they try to be faithful to church and something always comes up come on church But when you make a decision, I'm going to be a part of what God's doing in the earth today. I'm not going to miss the move of God. I'm not going to miss the move of the Holy Ghost. I want to be in the presence of God. I want to hear the Word. I want to see its demonstration. And I want to be used by God everywhere I go and everything that I do. Get ready. You're fixing to step under an open heaven. It's going to change your mind. It's going to change your faith. It's going to change your finances. It's going to change everything about you. Because when you're under an open heaven, everybody can tell. The blessings of God come upon your life. Now, notice, notice what's next. He says, we went out straight away. The heavens were open unto him, and he saw, that's speaking of John. John saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. That's the anointing right there. Now, see, I, there's books out there, and a lot of people teach on the anointing, but most of it's developmental. So, I, I thought you got it by praying. No, you develop it by praying. I thought you got it by, by, by meditating on the Word. No, you develop it by meditating on the Word. You got to get it first. I said, you've got to get it. Your place of submission becomes your place of anointing. Now, see, people don't like that because they'd rather pray because that's them. They'd rather get up and say, I, I did it. I, I, I. See, I can't take no credit for no I. I never could. God led me from the time I came back to the Lord. God led me to place after place after place. And he said, you submit yourself to the move of God in this place and you'll be anointed. And I did it and I was. I was anointed to be a student in a Bible school. I made straight A's, got a certificate for academic, 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 (laughs) academic excellence. I never made a straight A in my life. I never did. I was a solid C minus D plus student. My parents would say, you're just not applying yourself. I'd say, yeah, that's right. I mean, I just did not have the tools necessary to be a student. And so I end up in a Bible school where all these teachers have doctorates of divinity and all this kind of stuff. After two weeks, I'm like, I can't make, I can't do this. So I change my words and I change my heart through submission. Instead of trying to be something, I made a decision just to become, Lord, whatever you want me to do. If you want me to just go and shovel sand. I was shoveling sand for an old preacher one day and the Lord delivered delivered me of a bunch of junk that was in my life. Another time I was going picking up speakers for the the pastor up at Lakewood, for Brother John Osteen. And and God delivered me from some other things in my life. Instead of trying to just, I knew I was called to preach, but instead of just going out and trying to preach, I just submitted myself to what God was doing there and God began to anoint me. And then God sent me to a church that was much smaller than that. And I didn't like it for a while. But finally I made a decision, okay, God, whatever you say, do. And then at that time, there was a real developmental stage of our field ministry. And the first few years that that church was in existence, I I taught the kids, I taught the youth, I worked uh, physically as they built buildings. I did all kinds of stuff not connected to preaching. As an act of submission to what God was doing And God anointed our field ministry and we took off and went around the world. So I didn't get this out of somebody's book. This worked for me. And in so doing, thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. The heavens begin to open over my life and the anointing came. I was anointed to preach. I was anointed to travel. I was anointed to do the things in the ministry room. But I was also anointed to go work in the building. To do, I remember several times going into the building when the church was real small that we were part of over on the mainland. I would go in and I'd clean the restrooms. Nobody had to tell me. I just knew to do it. I just knew they were dirty. I didn't want somebody seeing that and not being uh, uh, blessed by being at the church and being uh, offended by a dirty restroom. Amen? I mean, everything I could see that I could lend my hand to aid. I'd go pick up speakers. I'd cook during the conferences. I'd do all kinds of stuff. Just lending aid, just serving and being a blessing, but in an act of submission, not to the pastor, not to the church, but to God and to what God was doing. And let me just say this. We left the church better than we found it. We found it with 30, left it with 3,000. It's not too bad. I know it's the pastor that grows the church and all that kind of stuff, but there was a part that every person plays. And so the Lord said, now come to Ireland. Now come to the Galveston Island. So I had to make a decision to submit to that. I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't, man, field ministries, crowds, all this kind of, man, we don't do that. Uh, Twelve years ago today, we had 65 people that met at the Galvez Hotel. But God anointed that because it was what he began to do. Listen, I'd rather have my janitors anointed, my ushers anointed, my praise and worship team anointed, my sound booth people anointed, my my visitor center people anointed, anointed, anointed. You say, why? I know there's a developmental part of that, but there's also a submission part of that where an individual will make a decision, this is where I'm going to serve God. This is what I'm going to do. I see God doing something here. I'm going to connect to that. So we have anointed Sunday school teachers, anointed uh, praise and worship, anointed youth ministers. Everybody is submitted to what God is doing, and we all submit ourselves together. The heavens open, and the anointing comes. That's why, let me just say this in caution. Just don't, don't go run off to every meeting that happens in some hotel ballroom. Amen. You take a man that will not submit himself to a local church, that tries to operate in a ministry gift, and he'll put something of the devil on your life. Uh, You know, if people come in and they got a great enough unction to function, why don't they just come and talk to the pastors of the area and, and come to one of the local churches around here and see if they will not submit their gift to that church and see if it will operate. That's one of the things I used to do when I used to travel. I used to always pray with the pastors. And in the prayer, I'd say, Lord, I just submit the gifting of God that is on the inside of me to this local church here. And you know, many of the churches that we went to, we went back year after year after year after year. And some of them are still begging for us to come back. You say, why? Submission always produces anointing. And I know everybody, there's people out there trying to make something kinky out of it, but if you see it in the Word of God, you'll understand it. (laughs) Then notice this. This will blow your mind. It says, then the voice of God. Say the voice of God. It says, and Jesus answering said, uh, suffer it for us and fulfill us to becometh all righteousness. Jesus was baptized, went up straight away out of the water, and lo, the heavens opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending upon him like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well. Please look at the first part of chapter 4. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit. So, hearing the voice of the Father and being led of the Spirit. That's called correct spiritual perception. You want correct spiritual perception. It just doesn't happen because you're saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. There's an element of submission in your life where you make a decision. I want to submit to what God is doing that it will give you correct spirit. When God speaks, you don't say, did it thunder? When the spirit leads, you know it's the Holy Ghost and not some wicked spirit. There are so many people, bless their hearts, and we want to do our best to try to restore every person. But there's so many people who've ended up in train wrecks in their life. Train wrecks in their ministry. Train wrecks in their marriages. Train wrecks in their business. And they always add the words to the train wreck, well, God told me. God didn't tell you if God would have told you, it would not have ended up in a train wreck. Ow. The Bible says one of the Ten Commandments is this, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. We we, kind of have, for some reason taken that phrase, that commandment and made it only relevant to some type of curse word where if you go study the law Moses actually said thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God and add it to the vanity of your imagination that means you've got to quit going around saying God told me, God told me God told me about every dumb thing you get yourself into if that rubs the cat the wrong way Turn the cat around. You need to hear the voice of God. You need to be led of the Spirit. What's the what's story I always like to tell about the, the guys in the insane asylum? Wrapped up in the straitjacket. Standing in line to go eat breakfast. they stand in there and one turns to the other and said, God spoke to me last night. The other one looked at him and said, I didn't say a word to you. There's a lot of voices out there. A lot of voices out there. You must hear the voice of God. You must be led of the Spirit. And to hear the voice of God and to be led of the Spirit has a whole lot more to do with spiritual positioning than it does just praying in tongues. Woo! I thought we're supposed to pray in tongues. You are! But you can pray in tongues to the point that you become unsubmissive and all kinds of spirits. So you pray in the spirit, you open yourself up to the spirit world. And if you're unsubmissive in your heart toward the things of God, if you're a rebel and going from church to church to church to church, meeting to meeting to meeting, never settling someplace and putting your roots down, then the enemy knows exactly how to sound spiritual to you. I'm always amused by those that come for a couple of meetings and then write me a letter and point out all of my deficiencies as a pastor for their reason of not coming back to the church. That always humors me thinking that they, they coming to a meeting causes my weaknesses to be exposed when this is the strength of my life. Just thought I'd throw that out there for you. Amen. You say, what do you mean? No, no. You just make a decision. Man, bless the Lord. I found somewhere God is doing something. I feel drawn to that. I feel, a, I feel something in my spirit connecting me to that. That's why we're not so formal around here. We like you to join uh, the church and we like you to fill out the information for in case we need to find you if there's an emergency or a problem. But other than that, if you claim us as your church, we're your church. Amen. Amen. Just come and be a part of what God's doing. Why? Because when you make that, submit, when you submit your heart and say, I want to be a part, then the heaven's open. Then the anointing comes on your life. Then you begin to hear the voice of God correctly. He doesn't lead you into train wrecks. He doesn't lead you into divorces. He doesn't lead you into bankruptcy. The Holy Ghost begins to lead you. Now, let me do this in closing. Chapter 4, we could get into it and teach on the temptations of Jesus. Remember, He's not a God walking on the earth. He's the man in correct relationship to his God. Now, our our weakest area many times is temptation. Physical temptation. Temptations to be sick. Temptations to be depressed. A temptation to be broke. Those Those are not things relevant to us as believers. They're just temptations. Amen. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I think it was to the Sunday night crowd. I said, there's not one of you, not one of you, since the day you've been born again, have been sick a single day in your life. And I got the same look I'm getting right now. Like, buddy, you come to my house, brother. I got pills in my medicine chest and I got a breather and I got a walker and I got a wheelchair. I No, listen, listen. No, you're not sick trying to get healed. You are the healed of God. Now, you may be having a great temptation in your life right now. There may be a temptation that has been going on for 10 years or 15 years trying to destroy your physical flesh. But Jesus did not cause you to be born again sick. Sick is not who you are. Sick is just a temptation trying to come against your physical flesh. And the Bible says there is no temptation taking you such as is common to man. But with every temptation that comes, what will God do? Make a way of escape, divine healing. The healing power, of it'll get you out of that temptation. Amen. Every one of you, from the day you've been born again, have been rich. Amen. That's most of your problems. You look at your bank account and say, You see my bank account? It doesn't say I'm rich. No, God says you're rich. In the kingdom of this world, riches are what you possess. In God's kingdom, rich is who you are. You are the healed of God, you are the rich of God. You are the blessed of God. You are the anointed of God. You can resist any temptation, physical temptation, mental temptation, spiritual temptation. Jesus rose up in the authority that was in the Word. Not the authority of deity, not the authority even of the Spirit that was on Him, but in the authority of the Word. It is written. It is written. It is written. Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written. He had his uniform on. He had his badge on. He had his power belt on. Luke 4 says, then he came out of the wilderness defeated? No. Depressed? No. Beat down? No. Poor? No. Sick? No. Came out? How? In the power of the Spirit, ready to release the authority. When he says, saw a blind man, be healed. A deaf man, be healed. A woman on the issue of blood just touched his garment. Healed instantly. Amen. He was showing us something, church. He was showing us, now we're not going to operate in the fullness of the Spirit like that, but we should be operating in something. Are you with me? So he positioned himself in this doctrine of the authority of the believer. We're going to study the name of Jesus probably for the next two to three weeks. Listen, when you lay your hands on your child that's being tempted with a fever and say, in the name of Jesus, that fever ought to break. You say, why doesn't it? Many times it doesn't because we're not positioned correctly. You'll see it's His name through faith in His name, Amen. When you begin to say it is written, and you say it is written to the devil, my God shall supply all of my need according to His riches and glory by God Christ Jesus. Get your hands off my finances in Jesus' name. Something ought to break. Amen. Something ought to happen. When you're tempted to go back to an old lifestyle, when alcohol tries to tempt you or drugs tries to tempt you because the pressure of life comes, you ought to be able to square your soldiers and say, no, devil, it is written in Jesus' name. I'm not going to go back to the pig pen like a dog to his vomit. It is written. And the authority of that word ought to raise up a standard in your life. Sickness and disease tries to attack your body. No, devil. The Bible says by his stripes. I am healed. The law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets me free from the law of sin and death. You should be able to speak the word and see that word come into existence and manifest its authority and power in your life. How does that happen? Sure, by prayer. Sure, by study and meditation of the word of God. But you notice we're now called what? The body of Christ. There was no, quote, body of Christ when Jesus walked the earth except his body. Then when he died on the cross, mm, I don't know if I have time for that, Lord. Okay. When he died on the cross, he likened it to what? A seed going into the ground. That's what he likened his, his death. A seed going to, that would do what? That would increase. Day of Pentecost. Now he's not one, he's 3,000. Yeah. Now today he's how many million? Yeah. Hallelujah. The head's, in heaven, the body's on earth, but what's in the head? It's in the body. He's not the corporate head, so much to say, as he is the organic head of the body. Of See, this is what religion does. Jesus, oh yeah, Jesus is the head of the church, but he's the corporate head. Like, like we have a corporate head of, of the United States of America. How many pray for your president? You ought to pray for him every day, amen. Uh, president Barack Obama. We show him honor here, we pray for him. Every Tuesday night, we pray for him and his wife and his children. But I want you to know, whether it's Barack Obama or Ronald Reagan, what's in them is not in me. I honor them and pray for them as the corporate head of our nation. But they are not the organic head of me. But Jesus is the organic head of the body of Christ. Which means everything in him is in you. Healing's in him. Power's in Him. authorities in Him. Come on, church. Righteousness in Him. Joy's in Him. Blessing is in Him. It's all in Him. It's all in you. But it has to come out. It has to be released. And as it comes out through your life, by doing what? Simply submitting yourself to what God is doing. John the Baptist, after this event, said of Jesus, I must decrease so that He must increase. He took and flipped that submission around and said, i got to get in with him. i got to be a part of what he's doing. Now, understand this, church. We don't preach some kinky doctrine where you, you know, uh, we have to have all No, no, no. We're talking about you seeing something that God is doing, recognizing it, and just saying, I want to be a part of that. And the shared anointing. Everybody say the shared anointing which we see increasing and growing. Much of what goes on in the church does what? It's more than what the, what was it, Uh, the elder Bush, uh, George Bush, talked about trickle-down economics. Well, it's not really trickle. It's really a river, a flood, a flow that God, a financial flow, a blessing, a healing. I've seen it come and go over the last 12 years. I've seen there were times where it just seemed like money just came from every direction. And then I've seen there are other times where it seemed like every service there was some type of outstanding healing or miracle. And then it seemed like there were other services where the gifts of, of the Spirit, especially tongues and interpretation, just service after service after service. It's just different rivers that flow and flow through. However, I'd I, I like them all at one time, but that's me. But God knows what we need the most. Other times we just get up and teach and preach and teach and preach. And it does what? It feeds you. It helps you make decisions. It helps you make adjustments so that the anointing, the super of God can be rubbed on your natural. So that you can be a supernatural person in the midst of a natural world. That's what God wants you to be. That's how this authority thing works. And when you make a decision, I want all God has for me. I want to flow in all the power God has. I want all the authority. Because, you know, there's structures, even in my own life. I mean, you have got structure of authority at your house? I've got a lock on my door. Remember we studied the devil? He's a what? Criminal. Criminal spirit. He doesn't have the right to make you sick. He does it anyway. Doesn't have the right to attack your finances. He does it anyway. So, to protect myself in the natural, cri- from criminals, I've got a lock. How many of us? You know, you'd be a fool to open up your doors and windows and say, "Well, you know, we just hope nobody breaks in. We're just gonna trust God." <laughs> Somebody gonna get your stuff. Yeah. So you know what I do at night? Lock the door. Amen. Close the window. Lock the. We have an alarm system. Doot, 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 doot. We put the alarm system on. Why? It's another level of defense. Are you with me? Now if you keep breaking through those levels, then you're gonna get to a more serious level. You're gonna get to the you're gonna get to the glock level. Now look, you can have my stuff, but if you if you try to harm my family, you're gonna you're gonna have real resistance is gonna come from us. You understand what I'm saying? It will actually be what I would call unresistible resistance. It will will convince you to turn the other way or suffer the consequences. Now think about your life spiritually. Are you like that spiritually? Are your windows and doors locked? Don't go just putting your eyes on any old thing that comes up on your internet screen. Don't go laying your ears on any old news report that comes down the pike. How about the Holy Ghost? The Bible says he'll show you things. Is your alarm system on? Are you armed and dangerous? In the name of Jesus. Do you have that power element to your authority? In the name of Jesus. See that's. that's, that's. Well I tried to use it three weeks ago. But I ended up stripped and naked. Just like the guys in the Bible. See that's what I ended up stripped and naked. They had Barney Fife mentality you know. They're still reaching for the bullet in their pocket. And the devil's done stripped him naked. No, Barney Fife. Amen? No, God wants you anointed. God wants you armed and dangerous in the spirit realm. And God wants you literally a threat to the devil instead of you being threatened by him. He wants you to be a threat to him. Amen. Amen. Did you learn something? Lift your hands up and worship God this morning. Father, we bless your name. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for the words of life which instruct and inform us that help us, Heavenly Father. Join ourselves to that which you're doing so that we can maximize the potential of what you've given us in Christ, in power and anointing and in blessing so that we can resist the wiles and the traps and the attacks of the devil but that we can be a maximum blessing to people on this earth. We thank you for that, Father. We receive it by faith in Jesus' name. And everyone says... Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com.